0: The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown.
1: The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother-of-pearl. The handle unmarked. But the gun has killed and the man has killed.
0: People call them both the six-shooter. Around Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gun smoke. Benning. It's a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from
2: the hip and never
3: misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of Western Wednesday with Gunsmoke and the Six Shooter. Today's episode of Gunsmoke no longer exists, or at least that we can find, but we do have a rehearsal for that episode. So we'll be playing that, and uh, it's kind of fun to hear the rehearsal... It's almost better than having the episode in that it's nice to hear a full rehearsal from a Gunsmoke episode. I mean, we've gained so much from listening to the rehearsals of The Jack Benny Show. You can also gain a lot by listening to a rehearsal from Gunsmoke. So I'm glad we at least have this rehearsal. Before I play that, though, I'll be playing our episode of Jimmy Stewart in The Six Shooter. This is a really good episode. It stars Virginia Gregg. Again, and I've talked about Virginia Gregg before. She appears on a lot of our episodes on Monday nights of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. I looked her up. She was in over 1,200 radio performances. And just to put that in perspective, someone like Kathy Lewis, that you think, man, she's in everything, she had less than 500 performances. Someone like Agnes Moorhead um, from, of course, Suspense. Sorry, wrong number. You feel like she was in a lot of things with Orson Welles and so forth. She only had less than 300 performances. So 1,200, it's the most I've ever seen from anybody. I mean anybody. Elliot Lewis, less than 1,200, just slightly. So she's, she and Elliot Lewis are probably the two highest I've ever seen for the amount of episodes that they're in of radio. But she's in more than even Elliot Lewis, which is quite incredible. Elliot Lewis is called Mr. Radio. I guess she should be uh, Mrs. Radio. Anyway, uh, so she was in every radio show you can think of. If it existed, she was probably in uh, an episode of it at least, if not multiple episodes. And going into television, she was in almost everything. Let's see. um, Here's what uh, I was looking up on Wikipedia. It says, Greg once said of her work as a character actress on television, I work steadily, but I have no identity. She added, when casting people have a call for a woman who looks like the wrath of God, I'm notified. Uh, On television... In nearly every narrative television series in the late 50s through the early 70s, she was on all of them, including Bourbon Street, Hawaii and I, 77 Sunset Trip, The Rockford Files, The Virginian, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Wagon Train, Track Down, Make Room for Daddy, Philip Marlowe, My Favorite Martian, Twilight Zone, Hazel, and Bonanza, amongst everything else. Um, She just had this amazingly prolific career and could just slide into one part versus another part if you hear a voice that's a female voice on this show jimmy stewart's the six shooter there's a good chance over 50 50 chance probably that it is her um, just a, a wonderful actress who could do almost anything with her voice without further ado let's go ahead and enjoy virginia craig jimmy stewart in this wonderful episode of the six shooter followed by a rehearsal for this week's episode of gunsmoke enjoy
1: in a moment you'll hear james stewart as the six shooter just one of the many fine programs brought to you sundays on nbc Later this evening, listen to the NBC Star Playhouse with one of your favorite stars. Here, meet the press, America's number one newsmaking program. And be sure to keep tuned for the dramatic story of communism in America on Last Man Out. It's a wonderful lineup of great programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the Sick Shooter. a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends.
2: I sure don't know where the town ever got that name. Quiet City. Every time I came through it, it was anything but quiet. In the old days, the Apaches were always stirring up trouble. After the Indians were moved onto the reservation, there was still plenty of excitement. Oh, there was, there was shooting practically every weekend. At least that's how it was when I was here last. Of course, that was, oh, you know, about four or five years ago, I guess. But now the town did seem sort of different at first glance. Anyhow, there were 20 or 30 new houses along the side of the creek there. The main street was a good four blocks longer than what I remember. Quiet City sure was growing up. There couldn't be any doubt about that. I figured the population must have reached the 1,000, Marble, maybe even higher. And all that growing made the place seem, well, kind of settled and businesslike. To tell you the truth, Quiet City was almost quiet. Anyhow... I headed Scar over to the hitching rail in front of the sheriff's office and pulled up... Whoa. Whoa, boy. Whoa, Scar. Whoa. The uh, door of the office was open. Something
1: I can do if you?
2: Britt! Oh, heck of it. Britt, you old son of a gun. Why didn't you let a body know you were heading this way? Well, oh, I didn't know it myself till last week. Tim Parker came into some property over by Fulton. He asked me to sit on it for a couple months so he could take charge. Oh,
0: Fulton, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's real nice. Ah, uh,
0: farming land.
2: Hmm? Well, Tim wasn't certain. That's much.
0: all there is over that way now. There ain't no more ranches, Britt. Just farms.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess this part of the country's changing.
0: Yeah, some, I reckon. Mm-hmm.
2: I sure wouldn't have recognized quiet city, Hank. It's not a small town anymore, is it?
0: Oh, we've done our share of growing. and there ain't no doubt about that.
2: Well, more than your share, I'd say.
0: But the people of the same Brit, oh, maybe they buy more ready-made clothes than they used to and send most of their kids to school, but that's just a skin change. Underneath ain't no
2: difference. (laughs) Still giving you trouble,
0: huh? I've got them under a tight rein most of the time, but if I was to turn them loose, (laughs) well... We'd be right back to where we was 20 years ago.
2: Oh, I don't know about that. Well, thing.
0: I do. Mm-hmm. Well, what I mean is, Brett, you, uh, you can't expect human nature to start improving overnight, you know. Oh, that's true enough. Yeah. But some folks don't see it my way. They think that just because we've got churches and a schoolhouse and a railroad depot, we're like them towns back east, peaceful and half asleep, where all you need a sheriff for is to lock up the Saturday night drunks. Why, back there, they don't even call them sheriffs. They call them
2: peace officers.
0: <laughs> well, I ain't no peace officer. I'm a sheriff. And this is still the West.
2: Sure, sure. Heck,
0: just drop right. my guard once. That's all I'd need to do. They'd be killing each other right out there in the main street.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I guess you'd be the best judge of that. How's Buzz? How's he?
0: Oh, about the same.
2: Uh, full grown, I'll bet. Uh, how old is he now?
0: Twenty, last birthday. No. Yeah, he's a big fella, too. Six
2: foot three. Oh, well, taller than you are, huh?
0: An inch or so. Uh-huh.
2: You made him a deputy yet?
0: What are you talking about?
2: Well, you always said that when the time came, you were going to fix it so Buzz could s- just slide right into your boots. Don't you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember.
0: But sometimes things don't work out the way a man plans.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You now Buzz has got ideas of his own. Crazy fool ideas. I offered him a job working with me, but he wouldn't have none of it. He's aiming to leave Quiet City.
1: Oh,
2: is that so?
0: And you know why, Britt? So's he can go to
2: school. Uh-huh, I say.
0: It ain't as if I didn't see to it that he got his learning. I promised his mom before she died. promised her I'd see that he was brung upright. And, and I kept my word, too. I sent him the very first day Jane Weatherby started teaching. And I didn't take him out when he'd learned to just read and write and figure. No, I I let him keep on till he got his diploma. I guess that's where I was wrong. He should have took him out
2: before he got too smart for his own good. Oh, now, heck, now. The more education a man gets, the better he's off. I ain't so sure of that. Life ain't in books. How much schooling did you have? Mm, well, a little more wouldn't have done me any harm.
0: You've made out all right, and so have I. So would Buzz if he'd come to his senses and stay here where he belongs. Mm, when's he leaving? Oh, you know, he was getting his things together when I left the house this
2: morning. Maybe he's gone by now for... All I know. Oh, no, he wouldn't do that, not without saying goodbye to you. Britt. Yeah?
0: I was just thinking, if Buzz still is here, if he hasn't left yet, maybe, maybe you could talk. Oh, now, hold on. No, he I won't have... listen to me, Britt. No, But no, if no. you was to... Oh. Oh, Pa. What do you want, Buzz? I'd like to speak to you if you're not, not too busy, that is.
2: For a minute, Heck didn't answer. He just stared at the leather satchel in his son's hand. Buzz was a big fellow, all right. Husky, plenty of muscles. But somehow his face didn't match his body, especially his eyes. They were kind of tired looking. And he kept blinking as though he wasn't used to the daylight. And there were wrinkles in his forehead, too. Not the kind you get from riding against the sun, just little creases that made him look older than he really was.
0: Well, Buzz, with all your fancy education, ain't you got manners enough to speak to Brett Ponsett? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. It's, it's been quite a spell.
2: Well, I can't say I blame you, Buzz. I wouldn't have known you in a month of Sundays. Well, if you'll excuse me. I'm... No,
0: no, there's no reason for you to go, Brett. I just wanted to tell Pa goodbye. I'm taking the four o'clock train east, Pa. I see. Well, I'll be back someday. That's mighty considerate of you. Well, so long. Just you hold up a minute, young fellow. You won't pay no attention to me. I know that. Well, Britt yeah. here ain't got no axe to grind. If he says you're local, if he says you're going off
2: on a wild goose chase, maybe then you'll now hack, heck, heck uh, This isn't any of my concern, and even if it was, you well, ain't I heard
0: w- it all, Britt. You don't know what he aims to do with his extra schooling. A lawyer. That's what he wants to be. Oh, that's what I'm going to be, Pop. Tell him the rest of it, Buzz. Tell him how you're going to come back here and practice law. Ain't that rich Brit, quiet city, is going to have a full-fledged lawyer? Look, do we have to go all over that again. Why, you'll be the laughingstock. This town ain't got no use for a lawyer. Never will have. A sheriff. That's what the town'll need. A new sheriff. I ain't getting any younger, Brit. First thing you know, I'll be sixty. A sixty-year-old sheriff won't be able to hold folks in check. Not for long. Yeah, sure. They'll need a new sheriff, and I'm sorry that I'm just not the man for the job. You could be that man if you wanted yes, to. Yes, but I don't want to, Pa. I want to be a lawyer, and I'll be more used to the town that way. Ah! Oh, look, you've got to understand. These are different times. What's so different about them? Everything. You, you think we're still living on the frontier. You think that star in your vest and that six-gun in your holster is still the only law around here. Well, you're wrong, Pa. You're dead wrong. This isn't the frontier anymore. You're not the law. You're just supposed to carry it out. Ain't that what I've been doing all these years? Ah, look, I'm not saying that your way isn't what the town needed once, but your job is done. You can't expect me to take up where you left off. I'm not you, Pa. This isn't the same town it was. These people aren't the same ones who settled here 20 years ago. (sighs) Britt, you see what I mean, Britt? Well, maybe he's right, eh? You think everything's changed, too? Well, some things, anyway. What about folks themselves? deep down inside. They're still the same. Some of them are decent and law-abiding, and others as mean as the devil and always will be. You just won't believe the town's civilized now, will you? <laughs> You'll see how civilized it is when the chips are down. You'll see, Mr. Lawyer. Well, looks like we just don't agree, Pa, and we never will, so... It's nice seeing you again, Britt. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, good seeing you, bud. So long, Pa. Good luck. Hey, Buzz. Hey, Buzz, you're man there. Yeah, I hear you,
0: Doc. I tell him to get out to Jace Martin's place. There's been a shooting. Pipe clumpers done it. Folks say that Jace has hurt bad. Now tell your paw to get right out there. Okay, Doc. I tell him. There you are. That's how much quiet city has changed, Buzz. Folks still shooting each other. Still taking the law in their own hands. Sure are civilized, ain't they? Well, I'll go with you, Pa. What for? So as you can advise Pipe Clamper of his lawful rights when I arrest him, get out of my way, Buzz. I've got work to do. (coughs) Ain't been a shooting, Britt, for over two years, huh? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I reckon there's been one today.
0: Yeah, looks like Pa was right. All my talk about this town growing up, it's just what it was, talk.
2: maybe so. Maybe so.
0: Well, I'd better get over to Jason Norton's and see if Pa needs help. He's not as young as he used to be if he tries to take Pipe Clamper alone.
2: Well, do you think he'd let you help him, even if he needed it?
0: No, no, no I guess he wouldn't. But somebody...
2: but No, he wouldn't appreciate me interfering in his business either. Well, now if you just happen to be riding out east of town, sort of stopped off... East, huh?
0: Yeah. The uh, Norton Ranch right next to old Miss Bradley's place.
2: Oh, is that so? Mm-hmm. That's so. Oh. Well, that's quite a coincidence. Oh? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was figuring on dropping in on Maddie Bradley before I left town. Maybe have supper with her if she invited me. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting on toward supper now? Oh, oh you don't say. Uh, oh, time sure does fly, doesn't it? I, I had no idea, that late.
1: To James Stewart as the six shooter in just a moment. But right now, I want you to hear something that may startle you. At least, I hope it will. It's simply this. Within the next 20 seconds, a fire will break out somewhere in the United States. Lives may be lost, property damaged, homes or buildings destroyed. Yes, there are 4,600 fires in America each day of the year. They kill 11,000 persons and disfigure or severely burn thousands more. By obeying a few simple rules of fire prevention from now on, you and I can protect ourselves and our families from this devastating menace. Rule one is an obvious one. Don't smoke in bed or discard lighted cigarettes carelessly. Rule two, clean out old newspapers, magazines, and other inflammable debris. Rule three, use only those cleaning fluids which will not burn. And last but not least, be careful with matches. Above all, keep them out of the reach of small children. Remember, it doesn't pay to gamble with fire. The odds are against you every time. Now, Act Two of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt (laughs) Ponsett.
2: Heck was standing on the front porch of Jace Norton's house when I rode in the yard. And there was a woman sitting on a rocking chair talking to him. Her face was dead white. Just like all the blood had been drained out of her cheeks. For a minute or so, Heck just stood there nodding. And then he shifted his weight and noticed me out of the corner of one eye. Come on up, Brett. Easy, boy. Easy. I, uh... I was just on my way over to Miss Bradley's I I, uh, I thought
0: This they... is Britt Ponsett, Mrs. Norton.
4: Ponsett?
2: I'm pleased to meet you, ma'am. I sure hope your husband Chase
4: is Jace is dead.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am.
4: I planned for murdered him. I seen him do it. I seen it all through the kitchen window.
0: I'm sorry. How did it start, Mabel?
4: He's arguing about some cows that had strayed onto our land. Pipe said Jace was trying to steal them, that he'd fixed her fences so they'd come through. But it wasn't true, Sheriff. It wasn't true. Sure, sure. Jace was aiming to take the cows back. He told me at breakfast this morning I've got to run some of Pipe's cattle back to him. That's what Jace said at breakfast this morning. Hadn't had time to do it yet. Been busy with chores and things. Mayor was foaling. Jace hadn't had time, but he was gonna take him back, he told me so.
0: No, no, no. Don't get yourself all
4: upset, Mabel. I heard him quarreling out and back. Pipe and Jace. I didn't think nothing of it. Pipe's always quarreling with everybody. You know that.
0: Yeah, I know.
4: And the next thing I knew, I heard a shot. I thought Pipe was just trying to scare Jace. Until I I saw Jace fall down.
0: Hmm. Pipe right off toward his own place?
4: No. Toward the canyon. Over that way. Hmm. I remember asking myself why is pipe heading toward the canyon. His ranch is the other way. It just hadn't dawned on me yet. What he'd done, that he was running away.
0: Yes. Well, it's turning chilly. You better go inside now, Mabel. No? Yeah, Doc Anderson is sending somebody out to pick supper and stay with you tonight.
4: You'll find pipe, Sheriff? You'll find him? Bring him back?
0: Sure, sure, I'll find him. You want me to help you up? No, I...
4: I... can manage. Yeah, no, here we are. That's there. Yeah. I am pleased to have met you, Mr. Ponset.
2: Thank you, ma'am.
4: I've heard of you, haven't
0: I? He's the six-shooter, Mabel.
4: Six-shooter? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, that's why. I'm glad you're here, Mr. Ponsett. I'm glad you're going with the sheriff. I... I wouldn't want Pat to kill somebody else. Even if he wasn't punished for what he did to Jase. I wouldn't want there to be another killing. I'm glad you're going with the sheriff.
0: Well... Looks like I've got me a deputy after all.
2: Now, Buzz was willing to come. Heck, he wanted to. I'd rather have you, Britt. Let's go. Well, we picked up Pipe Clamper's trail about sundown. At least it was the only fresh trail heading toward the canyon, so we figured Pipe had made it. The next couple of hours was pretty dark, so we had to move slow, keeping our eyes glued to the ground. Then along about 8 o'clock, the moon came out, and we could make a better time. We were in the canyon now. The way the hoof marks were spaced, we could tell that Pipe's horse was getting tired. and Pipe had to be forced to ride a little easier.
0: Looks like we might be gaining on him, Britt.
2: Yeah, yeah. Any place around here he could hole up?
0: An old trading post about a mile ahead. Been deserted since the Indians moved south. He could be there.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, Britt. Yeah? Maybe, maybe you think it's funny I wanted you to go along with me tonight, but... No, well, it's not that I couldn't bring Pipe Clamper in alone, but there's more to it than that. It's when we get back to town, that's when I'll need you. Oh? Yeah, uh, you see, Jason Norton was a well-liked man. He lived in Quiet City, oh, well, practically from the very beginning. Everybody knew him, everybody liked him. Uh-huh. Yeah, but nobody has any use for Pipe Clamper. Like I told you, some fellows are just mean. Pipes, one of them. Anyway, what I'm getting at is this. Jace has a brother, Abe Norton, and he'll be fighting mad when he finds out what happened today. He'll be killing mad. And the whole town will go along with
2: him. Mm-hmm. You mean they might try and lynch Pipe? Huh? They'll try. Uh-huh. Well, you can't be certain of that, Hank.
0: I know the town, Brit. There hasn't been any trouble for two years, and that's a long time. A lot of pressure builds up in two years. Now, Jace's
2: murder, that'll set folks off. Uh,
0: I hope you'll be willing to give me a hand.
2: Well, you know I'll do what I can, Hank. I... It's him, Br- It's
0: up there uh, behind the tree.
2: Well, the bullet smashed into Hacks' leg and tore him right out of the saddle. I dived off Scar and took cover behind a rock. There was a clump of trees hanging on the side of the canyon about 100 yards ahead. I can make out something that looked like a building with a carved totem pole out in front of it. I figured that was the trading post Heck had been telling us about, but the shots weren't coming from inside. Whoever was firing was using the Indian post for a shield.
1: You all right, Heck? It's it's just my leg, Britt.
0: Pretty can't move it though. I'll get over to you. No, no, you stay where you are. I'm 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 out of his range. There's a tree between me and him. But uh, uh, but it looks like you'll have to take him, Britt. I said I wouldn't need you till we got back to town, but it
2: looks like... It, looks... it sounded like Heck had passed out. I raised my head up to the edge of the boulder. When I couldn't see Heck, uh, there was a great big fir tree right in front of him. Well, that meant Pipe Clamper couldn't see him either. <laughs> hey... He sure could see me, though. That moonlight was just pouring down on that rock where I was hiding, and if I so much as moved, I was right in plain sight. I, I waited a couple minutes. I hadn't done any firing yet. Maybe he'd think I was hit. Maybe he'd come over after me. Yeah. Yeah, that was my best chance. I listened hard. I couldn't hear anything. He was still behind that totem pole, still plenty safe. And... As long as the moon kept me pinpointed, I... Oh. I looked up in the sky just in time to see a great big cloud float toward the orange circle over my head. A big white cloud. Big enough to give me a minute of dark. It was still moving, sweeping across the stars now. And then it hit the edge of the moon. I swung out from behind the rock and I headed toward the trees between me and the trading post. Pipole heard me all right. Not in time, though. Not until I was up beside one of the trees, about 30 yards from where he was waiting. And the sky was beginning to whiten up now, and I saw Pipe's arm inching around the edge of the totem pole. Ah! I I knew a slug in his arm wasn't going to be enough. I pushed up on my haunches, and I ran forward... He raised his gun, ready to get off another shot. I twisted one side and let fire. His shot was close, but he missed me. Uh, well, I hadn't done much better. You so I... I crawled along. Keeping myself as flat as I could and moving real slow. Not more than a foot every two or three minutes. straining my ears, trying to hear him breathe. He was only about ten feet away now. And there weren't any more trees between us, just open space. I, I pressed my belly down into the dirt. My gun just poking up just an inch or so. Just enough so that. And then I saw his gun. A little beam of moonlight bounced off the barrel. And I saw the shadow of his head easing across the ground beside that totem pole. Drop it, pipe. What? Now get in your feet. He stood up, and his face came into the moonlight, and he took a step forward, and then his left hand jerked out toward me. (laughs) My bullet hit his shoulder and spun him around, and he crashed into the totem pole. And for a second, I thought it was going to topple over with him, but it held firm. (laughs) Morning, Heck. Morning. Uh, it's almost noon. As a matter of fact, Doc Anderson said you ought to be coming too about now. Oh, my my leg. No, it's going to be all right. I'll be all right. Doc says for you just not to fuss about it. It'll be all, all right. right. Yeah.
0: Thanks for for bringing me home, Britt. I don't know how you manage, but hey. Oh, Pa. i feel feeling fine, Buzz. Just just first rate. I see you didn't leave town. Nope, nope, didn't leave. Well, I guess maybe what Pipe done wasn't all of the bad. Not if it brung you to your senses. It's something, anyhow. You killed him, I huh, Britt?
2: No, 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 he's kind of worse for wear, but he'll be patched up in time for a trial. Yeah. Well, where is he? The doc's looking after him.
0: You mean he ain't in jail? You mean nobody's guarding him
2: but Doc Anderson? Well, uh, we weren't very worried about him running off. That ain't what I'm talking about. Britt, I told you what had happened. I told you what Jace Norton's brother would do. Oh, all that. Well, you see, heck, Abe Norton's already been around. He's gone back to his ranch now. Gone back? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you see, folks just wouldn't pay any attention to him. Oh, sure, they all feel real bad about Jace, like you said they would, and they all think that Pipe deserves a hanging, but... They're pretty convinced that's what the judge will give him. The judge? But, oh, but that don't make
0: sense. Well, that's the truth. Everybody's satisfied that there'll be a, a fair trial and that pipe will get what's coming to him. Why? Why, in the old days, they
2: wouldn't have stood still for... for not for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess these aren't the old days.
0: Then... Then Buzz was right. That talk about quiet city being civilized? <laughs> don't fret yourself about it now, Pa. Oh, it, it just don't seem possible. This ain't the same town. These folks ain't the same.
1: What,
2: what happened to them, Britt? Oh, I don't know. I guess maybe a town grows up just like a person, Hank. And uh, and I guess maybe you had something to do with it, too. Me? Mm Mm-hmm. You see, somebody taught him to respect the law and to try to live up to it. And if it wasn't you, I sure don't know who it was. Well, Buzz stayed around Quiet City until Heck was on his feet again. And then Heck Heck himself sent the boy east to college. That was all, let's see... Three, four years ago, again. The last time I was through that way, Buzz had come home. You see, Buzz was running for county attorney. Yes, <laughs> and, so, and the way Heck was managing his campaign, well, if that election didn't turn out to be a landslide, I sure missed my guess.
1: Until recent years, misconceptions prompted many to feel that a diagnosis of heart disease was a death sentence. But today, thanks to medical science and the educational work of your Heart Association, we are learning that most people with heart disease can work and lead happy lives. But the real answer to heart disease lies in heart research and community heart programs, which can be expanded through your continued support of the Heart Fund. This is not only Valentine's Day, but it's Heart Sunday. So make it a point to give to your local heart association now. And remember, when you help your heart fund, you help your heart. The Sick Shooter is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burke and is written by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International Picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Robert Griffin, Lamont Johnson, and Will Wright. Special music for this program was by Basil Adlam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Oh, by the way, you'll be interested in knowing that the six shooter has been chosen for broadcast to our men overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Services. This is John Wall speaking. Music Listen to Jan Murray in Sunday at Home on the NBC Radio Network.
4: Music
5: Mr.
0: Williams. Miss Sager. Mrs. Sager. Mrs. Sager, would you please put that rifle down? I came here without any guns, without any means of force whatsoever. You
5: come here with force.
0: Now, Mrs. Sager. Come here to
5: force me out of my house, off my land.
0: Mrs. Sager, please. Nobody
5: shoves me off of my land, Mr. Williams. Nobody. This land is mine. It's free and clear every inch of it.
0: I have no doubt. My
5: husband staked this land 25 years ago. He homesteaded it and raised cattle on it every year till he died. Every year till he died, he raised cattle on this land.
0: I have every respect for you. And
5: nobody takes me off this land, Mr. Williams, you or your filthy railroad or anybody else. My husband left me this land and he said, Libby, this is your land and you keep it. I said, Howard, I swear by everything decent, nobody will ever take this land away from me. A solemn and a holy oath, Mr. Williams, to a dying man.
0: Mrs. Sagan, now, listen to me for just a minute. Well,
5: I know what you're going to say.
0: Just a minute. One minute, Mrs. Sager. You said it
5: a hundred times if you said it one. Please,
0: Mrs. Sager, just one well, minute. Well, go
5: on, go on. Talk then. Talk and get it over with. One minute. One minute. That's right. <clears throat>
0: I uh, represent the railroad. I know that. And we have reserved from the United States government a right-of-way of land across the United States for our railroad. Transcontinental Railroad, Mrs. Sager, transcontinental. The United States government... United
5: States government, I heard you. What What do you want to do, scare me or something?
0: Transcontinental, it's progress, Mrs. Sager. You can't hold back the time.
5: That's what you always say, you can't hold Your back land. the time.
0: Your land, Mrs. Sager, is directly in the right-of-way. Now, we're willing, more than willing, we're happy to pay you three times the worth of this land.
5: I said I wouldn't sell, Mr. Williams. How many times I got to repeat it?
0: It's not a matter of... uh, uh, Mrs. Sager, please, I wish you'd lower that carbine. It's making me nervous,
5: I noticed you shaking. The minute's almost up.
0: The point is, you've got to sell your own public land to be reconverted. Now, we sent you a check and a notice to get off the land. No, not us. The United States government. That makes it mandatory, compulsory. It's
5: a free country.
0: Progress, Mrs. Sager, for the common good.
5: It's a free country. I can live where I want, and this is where I'm living. And let me tell you something, Mr. Williams... I'm staying right here. You could have orders from the president. I'm just as good a citizen as he is. Now you just scoot off on this property.
0: I'd hate to have to call the United States Marshal. Now, Mrs. Sager, I don't like to use force when reason will do.
5: Get off this property, Mr. Williams, or I'm going to remember the United States government has a law about trespassing. Did you hear me? Scoot!
0: You can't hold back the times. That's what I told her, Marshal. She held that rifle on me every second. (laughs) It seems funny to you, I suppose. (laughs) No, I, I... I didn't mean to laugh at you, Mr. Williams, but... Well, Libby Sager's quite a woman. I, I've known her a long time. you knew her husband. Anybody could be married to that. Now, what you've got to understand about Libby is, Mister Williams, that Libby isn't an ordinary woman. That's sure. No, Libby is. Well, she's kind of like the West. Now, I mean by that, she's got her ways, and her ways are free, and she's hard to tame. Well, I'll tell you this, Marshal. In the railroad business, when we come to a mountain, if we can't go around it, we blast right through it. Yeah, well, I'm not so sure I'd try that with Libby if I... Marshal, I've tried talking to her. I've sent her letters. I've tried everything. There's no moving. Yeah, I know, I know. But you've got to keep in mind that Libby's lived there for almost a quarter of a century. I've got a job to do. Look... Can't you go around her land? Oh, fine, fine. A straight-line track for a few hundred miles, then all of a sudden it juts out for a few little acres and then back to another straight line for another hundred miles. (laughs) I would break it up a little, wouldn't I? Marshal, I want you to get out there with this order. It's an order to vacate. Every time we send her a check, she sends it right back. So here's a check to go with the order. Look, Mr. Williams, she's not going to move. I know that woman, and she's not going to move. That's a United States government order, and you're the United States marshal. Oh, order. please, Mr. Williams, don't remind me of my duties. There's some things I don't like about this job. Eviction and seizure. Uh, Chester... Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon? Eviction. Federal order. Libby Sager, yes, sir. <laughs> you weren't listening at the door, were you, Chester? Oh, no, sir. My, absolutely not, Mr. Dillon. It's just I am cursed with wonderful ears. <laughs> Come from so many nights out hunting. My whole family... Uh, yeah, got uh, all, all right, eyes. all right, Chester. <laughs> Mr. Dillon, isn't there... Some way the railroad can go around that hmm? property. I purely hate to see that woman. He's made me a villain when I'm just doing my job. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. Williams. I guess we all feel a little like that right now. Come on, Chester.
5: Listen, this here now,
0: now, hold it, Libby.
5: Saw you through the curtains.
0: <sighs> well, I saw you peeking.
5: Coward little railroad has to bring the marshal.
0: Uh, Mister Williams, I asked had me to, to, Mrs. Sager. I told you before Our that.
5: Belly little railroad had to get the marshal.
0: Now, Libby. Uh, Libby, I want you to put that carbine down and I want you to act like a human being.
5: Don't you start anything with me, that kind of talk. Now, Matt Dillon, I knew you too long for that kind of talk.
0: Libby, what would Howard have said if he could see you standing there holding a carbine on me?
5: You can say what you've got to say right here and right now. Just leave my poor dead husband out of this.
0: You think he'd stand in the way of progress the way you are? Progress?
5: Progress? That big, loud, steaming, dirty thing howling by black smoke bringing in the trash from back east? You call that progress?
2: Uh,
0: I'll make a deal with you, Libby. You put down your gun, and I'll send Mr. Williams and Chester back to town, huh?
5: I got nothing to say to you, Marshal. Uh,
0: Chester. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Here, take my gun, Chester. And this. Well, what are you doing, Mr. Dillon? You took off your star. I'll take it back to the office with you and take Mr. Williams with you, too. Libby and I are going to talk. Yes. Come on, Mr. Williams. You can't hold back the times, Mr. Sager. Get
5: him off here! I,
0: you better go, Mr. Williams. I'll uh, see you back in town, Marshal. <laughs> Well, Libby, aren't you gonna ask me in?
5: I told you, Marshal.
0: The m- name's still Matt, Libby. No star. See? <laughs> now can I come in?
5: Well I, I suppose. Thank you.
0: Ah, looks just about the same. <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's going to stay that way. Nothing's going to come a steaming through this sitting room. Sit down, man.
0: Libby, uh, I'd give anything not to have to give you this order, but
5: here. Well, Howard took me out here to this piece of land. He staked it out here because it had a creek for the cattle and some good grass land. We just got married took me out here and stood me right about where you're standing now. And he said, Libby, this is ours. Yours and mine. Uh-huh. He built this place, mate. Every board he split with his own hands. Every board of it. Every nail in it. Yeah, I know. You don't know. Three days and three nights, just the two of us behind that upsot wagon caught out there in the attack. Oh, they'd have burned the house down. But we held them off. All of them Indians a-hooping and a-hollering. Wasn't till the second day they got him. Yeah. Oh, the that arrow must have been terrible inside him. It was like something in my own chest, man, I swear. It It, it couldn't have hurt no more. I held him in my arms. I was crying. I just couldn't help it. And he looked like a little boy. I swear he seemed like he wasn't a man anymore. He's just a little boy in my arms there. He said, Libby, you gotta hang on to the land, Libby. It's all there is. I said, I know it, Howard. He said, don't let nobody drive you off here. I said, Howard, I, I won't. And I didn't. I stayed there, no food, no water. Two days more. The waiting. But they'd gone. And the place was still mine.
0: Uh, Libby.
5: Now, you you think I'm going to get off of this land now just because of a little piece of paper. Matt, you go on back. Tell that railroad I'm here for good, dead or alive. Next time, you better keep your guns.
0: Marshal? What'd she say, Marshal? Talk didn't do any good, did it? I knew it wouldn't. Mr. Williams, you did your job. Now, why don't you go back to the hotel and... uh, We'll get in touch with you, huh? Sure. Uh, Marshal? Yeah? You sure you don't need me for anything? I'm sure. Okay. Well, hello, Mr. Williams. Hello, Chester. Where's he going, Mr. Dillon? I sent him back to the hotel, Chester. Um, hand me that chamois there, will you? Yes, sir. Here. Oh, thank you. Mr. Dillon? What? If she don't leave Peaceable, you gonna carry her out? Well, we'll see what happens, Chester. I mean, if she don't come out Peaceable... Look, Chester, that railroad's gonna be here for a long time. A long time. Now, there are gonna be a lot of people dependent on it for... for beef and for... well, for everything else. And Libby's just one person. Just one person. One person, yes, sir. That's right. That's right, Mr. Dillon. There. Mr. Dillon, I've never seen you like this before. Chester, I can't do it. Now, you gave her ten days to give you an answer, Mr. Dillon. And the order come down almost a month ago. You did everything you could, if you asked me. You oughtn't to feel bad. You just got to do it, that's all. Never hurt anybody. Paid all her bills. Now we got to run her off her land. Well, it wasn't nobody's fault that Howard Sager homesteaded on what was going to be a railroad track. Wasn't his fault, nor her fault, nor your fault. Wasn't even the railroad's fault. Oh, I know you're right, Chester. You're right, and, and, Mr. Dillon, she'll have enough money, she can live anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Anywhere except where she really wants to live. Well, I... Yeah, I, I know, Chester. Well, it's almost 10.30. We gave her till noon today. I guess we better get packing. Guess we better. Oh, well, I've Oh. Well, sir, here's the gate. Uh, go ahead, Chester. After you, Mr. Dillon.
5: Matt Dillon?
0: Bravo. There she is, Mr. Dillon, on the porch. She's got her carbine. Yeah, I see her.
5: Get off my property!
0: Libby! Now, we gave you plenty of notice.
5: Get off my property, Marshal, or I'll shoot. Now, you know me, Matt. I don't just talk.
0: Libby, you got your check. Now, why don't you... I'm
5: counting three. You're not starting off this land by the count of three. I'm going to shoot. I swear it, Matt.
3: You're
5: a perfect target now, I'm a warning you. Libby, white two,
0: three. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Dillon. That big rock over there.
1: way over our heads.
0: Yeah, she meant it that way. Makes me feel a little silly running cover from a woman. I got a decent respect for Libby's eye, Chester. Well, what do we do, Mr. Dillon? Well... We can't just stay here forever. Look, maybe we can sneak up from the other side. You think you could work your way around? I imagine so. so. All right. Uh... And Chester. Now, don't worry, Mr. Dillon. I I'm not gonna use no gun. All right. If you can get in the house and get that rifle away from her, I'll just stay out here and try to keep her attention. Yes, sir. Okay, good luck.
1: Libby!
5: I'm gonna shoot to kill, Matt! Next man tries to get me out of here, shoot to kill!
0: hot. That's right, Sam. Here's to you, Williams. Sure. I must be getting drunk even this stuff tastes good. Sam? I can't help admire that woman. But then I'm always the one to boost the underdog. we got to start construction on the 18th to keep the schedule. You haven't even had a chance to start serving. One woman standing alone against a whole mess of us. Spikes, crew, rail. It's inspiring. Pie's all creosoted. I'll get bounced sure. Let me tell you, Williams, she's one out of a million. Quite a woman. Quite a woman. Yeah, I said it then, and I say right now, nobody takes that woman off her land alive. Mm. Nobody. She's got more real stuff in her than you and me put together. You're drunk. Hanging on to the last breath. Why, it's wonderful. woman like that can't hold back the progress of a whole nation. Absolutely not. Nobody can hold back the time. No. Time and tide wait for no man If everybody felt like her, there wouldn't be any railroads There wouldn't be any progress whatsoever You need a drink Maybe I do mm. <coughs> Sam? Hmm? I don't think that marshal's doing a thing out there oh, Minion of the law Strikes me as sentimental, that oh, marshal. Oh, I don't know Oh, it is, there's a job to do well, I think we ought to go out there and prod him. Well, you said he told you to stay in the hotel room. I know. No, that. that's that's what you said. Well, well, if you want to go down there, it's fine with me. But that's what you told me he said. Well, how does it look the railroad representative taking the afternoon off at a time like this, huh? And me my holster. Huh? Who? What do you want guns for? I'll tell you what I think. I think the woman's a little demented holding herself up that way. Husband's death, years alone in that house. She's crazy. Fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Here. Thanks. Mm, Fully loaded. She's a wonderful woman, though. Dead shot with that rifle of hers. I'm not going out there unprotected. I don't blame you a bit. I think I'll take my holster too. Mm-hmm. Hey, what? one for the road, huh? No more. One for Libby. Oh, what do you say? All right, one for Libby. To Libby Sager, the spirit of the old west. Right. You know, they'll write a song about her How the track was built over her soul And they'll write a song about us, too Oh, Hmm? stop it, you're drunk How's it going, Marshal? Didn't I tell you to stay back at the hotel? I brought Sam with me. Thought maybe you could use some help. Sam with Huh? Hello, Marshal. You don't mind if we just stick around, do you? Well, stay back and keep quiet. Where's your friend? Trying to sneak in the back. Only trouble Marshall? is... Marshal! Right here, Libby.
5: I got my eye on that sidekick of yours. You either call him back or I'm going to have to shoot him.
1: Chester!
0: Oh, coming, Mr. Dillon. I'm sorry, Mr. Dillon. No, it's all right, Chester. It just didn't work, that's all. I declare I can't figure how she spotted me. You don't know how careful i Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But there's only one thing to do. Let's go in after her. Now you're talking. Fine. Now, you two just stay right where you are, and no guns, you understand? Libby. Libby, we're coming in. Now put your carbine up, Libby. Come
5: on, Marshal. Just come on. I'm ready.
0: Let's go, Chester, and stay close to the ground. We can weave over to that rock over there, then behind the barn, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Close, Mister Dillon. Yeah, all right, run. You all right, Chester? Just, just scared. That's Boy, all. That crazy fool. What's the matter, Mister Dillon? That surveyor. Sam, leave that rifle alone. I'm just covering for you, Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> She hit him, Mr. Dillon. Oh, he's going to shoot back. Oh, Mr. Dillon. He got her, Mr. Dillon. Come on, Chester. Libby?
5: Uh, a good shot, Marshal.
0: It wasn't him, Miss Sager. Lift up her head, Chester.
5: It's better this way. Matt, much better this way.
0: Marshal? Oh, I didn't mean to, Marshal. I told you to put up that gun. I was trying to cover for you. When she got me in my shoulder, I didn't think. I, I just might you just lay quiet Libby we'll send for the doc
5: now you let me be say Matt yeah Libby Matt I bet you people don't forget me so easy
0: they won't Libby
5: you know Matt I'll bet they'll remember me Every time.
4: Uh,
0: uh, uh. Yeah. Every time that train whistle blows. My gracious.
2: You know, Chester, sometimes progress is hard to come by.